Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we are continuing our tech kick, which feels like it's never ending, to be honest. We keep adding things, you're right. We do, we do. But it's all fascinating stuff. And I will say this one, which is about YouTube, was very difficult to research because Google owns YouTube. Mm. So when you uh, type in like, hey, YouTube women, all it is is like videos from YouTube with women in them. Right, <laughs> right. So it's tricky. Yeah. yeah, you know what? TikTok is similar to that. When you try to find information on TikTok, it takes you to TikTok and like things about that subject on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're speaking of, we have a TikTok now. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, we do. Thanks to Joey, who has been on the show, who is amazing and patient. Uh, you can go check us out there at Stuff Mom Never Told You. Yes. Yep, yep. Yes. 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 Uh, so yeah, we're we're there as well. Um, do you <laughs> use YouTube a lot, Samantha? Uh, so this is the thing. I do use YouTube a lot, but it's very specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, I have used it to listen to music. So way back when, before licensing was a thing, and people were really like, and YouTube got really aware of that. Yeah. Uh, I would listen to songs that I couldn't find. Um, now, of course, Spotify has more songs, but like some songs you couldn't find on Spotify. Uh, Beyonce songs were not available there, so I would go to YouTube and listen to it there. Um, at night, I like their deep sleep sounds. Ooh, uh-huh. I set that on a timer, and they have a lot of dark screens, so I use it like that. Um, my mm-hmm. partner uses it nonstop, but that's that's it. Like I don't do things outside of that. Huh. I use YouTube quite a bit, actually. Um, It's a thing that I have a love-hate relationship with, and we're going to talk about that. Because I do feel, like, as as a viewer who doesn't pay for, like, the expensive... I don't know expensive, but I don't pay for the service to not have ads. I feel like they time the ads at the worst specific place on purpose. And I've even looked up, like, on Reddit, does YouTube do this purposefully? There's no real answer yet. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I know it's gotten longer. They used to be able yes. to skip. And now you don't have mm-hmm. that op- option as much. I do want a correction because I do watch Hot Ones. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and that is a series I've watched a lot on there because that's where they originated. Um, yes. So I love that series as well as Binging with Babish. Those are the two shows that yes. I will watch. Yes, those are those are pretty great ones. There's a lot of great stuff on YouTube. I watch I watch a bunch of stuff actually. It's one of my biggest like probably every morning I watch 
a bunch of YouTube videos, which is not the case for a lot of people I've learned. No, Uh, I don't do that. Yeah, that is that is the, like my go-to. That's my morning routine. Um, huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, content warning before we get into this one. General grossness, the same thing in our past tech episodes. If you're like a woman or a marginalized person on the internet, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, brief discussion of very disturbing content, pedophilia, sexual assault. Um, we're not going to get too much into detail, but just so you know... You can see our past episodes on Airbnb, Twitch, Evan Rachel Wood, and Tech Accountability, YouTube Beauty Gurus, uh, single-use hate accounts, and Meghan Markle. The Amber Heard trial <laughs> is involved in this, which yep. Samantha knows. I have a very hilarious, spicy outline coming up about DC Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. Also, uh, we typically try to focus on intersectional feminist issues in our episodes for what I hope are obvious reasons. And I think pretty much everything could be that, but YouTube has a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. So we're going to discuss some of them, but just so you know, there's a lot going on here that we could get into. We didn't have time for this, but <laughs> there's a lot. It was one of those ones where I think... I, I was like, oh, I'll get this done in two days. And I start opening tabs. I'm like, oh, no. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Been there. Mm-hmm. And I did want to start with a pretty brief explanation of my YouTube experience because a good chunk of my job at in my current... It's, it's so confusing because we've been acquired by so many companies. But I've essentially been working with the same group of people for a while was YouTube-based, and I ran the Stuff I Never Told You YouTube. And so I'm going to be inserting a lot of personal experience in this one. Off the top, I will say that my bosses, some of my bosses, treated this much more seriously than I thought it had any warrant to be treated. (laughs) Kristen, who was in the videos, and I was filming them and editing them. Well, she filmed a lot of them. I was editing them primarily. Um... She was told to, like, wear makeup and get her hair done, all of this kind of stuff. We were instructed on, like, the best thumbnails to use, which were generally, like, quote, pretty-looking thumbnails or something, so people would click on them. Um, We did run into a couple of copyright issues, which I'll talk about more later. As you know, uh, probably a lot of people know by now because it's become sort of a conversation topic. There's a lot of videos you watch that look like it's just vlogging where they edit it and do it themselves or not. There's like a huge team behind it Mm -hmm. and they don't, the team doesn't get credited. I was never credited on anything, I don't think. Um, And that's just like how it is. I had to go through YouTube training every year and it's the most boring thing you can imagine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and you can't skip it. Oh my gosh. But I did get an award. I won a YouTube award. I still have it. It's pretty cool. I mean, it looks pretty cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the not so fun side, I did experience a lot of harassment. Uh, one of my very favorite comments, as I've said before, I've ever gotten was I know the producer and she's a slut. Cool. Wow. Um, yeah, whatever. And also, I did get doxxed. I got doxxed based on a YouTube video that we posted that wasn't that inflammatory. Um, and then accessibility was a thing I was really passionate about when I was doing those videos. So I would, you would listen to the video and type out the the closed captions. And that was something I kind of did and didn't get compensated for. But it was really important for me to do it, but that is a big issue uh, mm-hmm. with YouTube. And we, that's a big issue with this show. And we've tried to right. get transcripts with um, middling success. Because for a while we had them before you and I were hosts. There were transcripts and now there are not. So that's an issue as well. But yeah, that's kind of my brief encapsulation of my time. I like I said, I have a bunch of I have a bunch of comments throughout this one. <laughs> but okay, let's start with a very quick rundown of the history of YouTube, which I found kind of surprising. 
So YouTube, which is an online video sharing platform that allows for commenting, liking, and disliking, sharing, making playlists, all kinds of things. I feel like you know what YouTube is. Was founded by Chad Hurley, Steve Chen, and Jawid Karim in early 2005. A little over a year later, Google purchased YouTube for a staggering $1.65 billion. And it started as a dating website. Yeah. So the idea was users would upload videos of themselves talking about their dream partners. Uh, the slogan was, tune in, hook up. Um, and I was struck once again about how humans and especially dudes' desire for sex really runs so much stuff. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, the dating aspect failed even after they offered women $20 to upload videos. But the video uploading system was excellent, so they decided to open it up to any video. And they decided this in part uh, because after the 2004 Janet Jackson-Justin Timberlake Super Bowl incident, they couldn't find video of it anywhere. So they thought, hey, we could be the place. People put videos like that, and you can watch them. Uh, Karim at the Zoo, a short video of one of the creators at the zoo, was YouTube's first official video. Yeah. Uh, several studies have found that the reasons people use YouTube are, quote, information-seeking, sharing information, status-seeking, like that whole first thing, uh, social interaction, and entertainment, just by the way. Hmm. So, yeah, YouTube is huge. Uh, behind Google, it is the second most popular website in the world. As early as 2006, the site was getting about 20 million monthly visitors, 1 billion hours of daily consumed content as of 2023, about 56% male to 44% female. Uh, that same year, the first targeted ad campaigns launched by major companies took off, and Time featured YouTube as Person of the Year. Um, and in 2018, YouTube made twice the amount of revenue than any major television network. Numbers from 2019 found that 500 hours of content was uploaded each minute, and the company makes an estimated $15 billion in revenue annually. Although, a lot of that is supposed to go back to the creators. 27% uh, of Americans rely on it as a news source. Yes, and honestly... There are so many numbers we could throw at you, um, so many awards we could throw at you, and moments in history about YouTube. Like, did you know Rick Rolling started in 2008? <laughs> and Gangnam Style was the first video to pass a billion views in 2012. Uh, but the basic takeaway here is it's a big deal, and it makes a lot of money. Um, it has also been the source of a lot of conversation and controversy since its founding. One of the big things that has hounded YouTube is copyright issues, um, how they handle copyright, what you can upload, what will get you in trouble, what will get your videos taken down. Um, when I was working there, uh, it was a three-strike system, but it was very Wild West and what you could get away <laughs> with. <laughs> And what random thing would get you in trouble? Uh, sometimes you would get mistakenly flagged or a video would be taken down without warning or any clear reason, which may or may not have had to do with their massive copyright library. So basically they have like this huge library that just like searches for, oh, you're playing this copyrighted item, take it down. But it does make mistake. In my experience, it made some mistakes. So <laughs> <laughs> probably it's improved. I, I should say I've, it's been about a good, well, about like seven years since I've been doing this job. So I bet a lot of things have changed since I've been doing it. Another big problem YouTube has has to do with their recommended videos function uh, because there have been reports about it pushing things like conspiracy theories or lies, promoting violent or sexual content to children, pedophilic content, and things like we discussed in Bridget's episode about Evan Rachel Wood, that YouTube is making money off of a video she alleges depicts her sexual assault and they won't take it down, even though she said like, hey. In 2019, YouTube announced they would recommend fewer videos that quote, could misinform users in harmful ways. This came after rising concerns that platforms like YouTube were leading to offline violence, death, and radicalization. This, of course, led to heated discussion around free speech and confirmation in some conspiracy theorist minds that they were being censored. Like, see, here's the proof. 
Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So this was after a Google engineer posted a 10-page manifesto in 2017 criticizing the company's diversity initiatives, claiming it discriminated against white men that led to the YouTube CEO's daughter asking, Mom, is it true that there are biological reasons why there are fewer women in tech and leaderships? But many pointed out that the engineer may have been in part radicalized by YouTube and its algorithm. Uh, He was fired and became an alt-right hero. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As far as the disturbing content served to children goes, these videos often feature beloved children's cartoon characters in violent and or sexual situations. One such video featured a woman with a mini mouse head getting stuck in an escalator and bleeding profusely. It got millions of views in one day and could be viewed in the kid-friendly mode. Um, Other videos depict Peppa Pig tricked into eating bacon. Um, the suicide attempt of a Paw Patrol character. A lot of these videos are discovered through autoplay or the recommended video sidebar. So after you've watched legitimate content, you find these videos. Some tests found that a toddler went from viewing one of his favorite legitimate videos to a video depicting stomach parasites, eye gouging, and kids setting each other on fire in only a few clicks. Um, And that video had 20 million views. And that's part of the problem is that these videos get pushed because they have so many views and that's how uh, YouTube's algorithm works in part. Uh, YouTube hosts millions of hours of children's entertainment and much of this content makes a lot of money. 
YouTube claims it's difficult to change their algorithm and largely removes these videos on a case-by-case basis, which isn't going to fix the problem. It also puts more pressure on The Guardian to view the media with the child uh, when it comes to when, you know, that's something you often do to keep a child busy while you do something else. Um, On top of that, it's kind of complicated reporting a video in kids' YouTube, and there's no real way to make sure it doesn't show up again. You can delete it from your history. You can do all kinds of things that still might show up again. YouTube has been releasing improved reporting tools and methods for video blocking in an attempt to improve the situation. There are plenty of articles out there about what steps you can take on your own if this is something you're worried about. But again, that's sort of putting the impetus on you to do that. In 2019, several articles reported on pedophilic content running alongside ads for major companies. And the videos showed children in their underwear and or their genitals uh, with what appeared to be pedophiles timestamping content in the comments, basically so other users could click the timestamp to go to the part in the video where nipples were exposed or something like that, and then recommending other similar videos, sometimes exchanging numbers to exchange more videos with each other. Uh, These videos have thousands, if not millions of views, hundreds of comments, and yes, they are being monetized. You probably heard about this because the advertisers were not happy to learn their ads are running on this content. But to be clear, a lot of these videos, though not all of them, are pretty innocent. <laughs> um, like girls playing Twister um, and confused girls who uploaded the video will respond to comments like, how old are you? They'll answer or ask a commenter what grow means. Uh, Many of the comments are about the child in question's beauty or claim that they're in love with them, and sometimes they request specific lighting or outfits. For a while, uh, searching Twister Girl on YouTube auto-corrected to Little Girl Twister and Skirt. Yeah. So the recommendation system was part of the issue, too. Uh, Serving up other videos seemingly enjoyed by pedophiles. On top of that, while some channels have been taken down over child abuse, there are plenty, um, as of writing this, still up dedicated to, quote, preteen models, uh, girls bathing or doing stretches or yoga, swimming, Things like that. Um, YouTube enacted a policy disabling comments on videos where the comments in question were overwhelmingly inappropriate. But even so, the algorithm still would serve up these videos alongside others teeming with pedophilic comments. A lot of the comments aren't in English as a way to get around the disabling, but several of them are. Yes. Yeah. Another issue, advertising. Uh, Because YouTube has a changing and not very transparent policy on what type of content and videos can be monetized on their platform, which is primarily how creators make money. Yeah, YouTube claims it's 99% effective at not running an ad over inappropriate content. But advertisers have pulled their ads after they ran against videos containing things like rape apologists, anti-Semitism, and terrorism. In 2017, many big advertisers told YouTube they would end their relationship if the platform didn't fix the issue. The solution decided upon was that YouTube would work more directly with advertisers to make sure their ads were only placed on the desired content. Yes. And a quick aside here, my experience was you had very little control over the ads on your videos as a creator. You could flag topics you didn't want running, like cigarettes, um, but what was served on your video could be fairly random to downright offensive given the content. Um, And this is an issue we encounter pretty frequently as a feminist podcast and what advertisers think of when it comes to women. Um, But basically... It was pretty random with a very difficult reporting system, especially if you didn't have a specific deal with a sponsor. On top of that, this was how you made money from a random pool of ads. Again, if you didn't have a specific sponsor. And plenty of advertisers didn't want to run ads on feminist videos talking about abortion or honestly, feminist videos in general. Anyway... YouTube announces it's going to work more closely with advertisers to prevent something like these things we've been talking about happening again. One of their largest creators, PewDiePie, uh, who had had preferred advertising status, 
uh, lost it after he posted a video with anti-Semitic language and imagery in it and basically preferred advertising is like, oh, you want, that's like top tier. You want to advertise with this, uh, this creator. On the flip side, creators were worried about how this policy and demonetization would impact their own revenue. Advertisers could opt out of specific videos, meaning if a channel about news wanted to talk about a tragedy, ads could opt out, which is a financial incentive not to talk about darker things that we need to talk about. I do understand that it's strange. (laughs) Like the whole Applebee's Ukraine invasion thing where they were running CNN, (laughs) had this like disturbing imagery, and then there was this very in-your-face Applebee's commercial. It is weird. Um, And we've had these discussions ourselves about our darker episodes where we don't want specific ads playing in episodes about sexual assault, for instance. But at the same time, you have to make money. So it's just like a, it's a strange situation. Creator Philip DeFranco reported an 80% drop in revenue after the policy was enacted and argued that new creators would feel the worst of it. To address the issue, YouTube attempted to make it more transparent to creators what videos were being monetized and which ones weren't. Um, There is a process for requesting a review about why a video isn't being monetized, but it's tedious and not without human bias because it requires a human to watch the video and then kind of decide, like, I don't know. Um, (laughs) On top of that, these reviews were prioritized for bigger creators. Um, YouTube did update the algorithm later, and the update decreased demonetization by 30%. And this is something I remember working with YouTube, is every time a major company, not just YouTube, uh, would change their algorithm or policy, we would have to have a very serious meeting about it. Like, we would sit down and be like, what does this mean? What do we have to do with our keywords? Like, what do we... All of these things... Um, And also, yeah, we just kind of experienced a meeting like this because Sminty may or may not be uploading episodes to YouTube soon of like our whole whole episodes. And yeah, we we had to talk about it. We had to have a whole breakdown of what we're afraid of and what we want to avoid, including about having control about ads uh, because we try really hard to monitor that whether we want to or not because there's some things that we really miss out on like, oh, dang. I really love that sponsorship. You know what I mean? But we want to be very aware and it's hard to do that on something like YouTube when it's so, it has its own thing. God, each social media platform, it's so hard to learn because it's all so different. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's so different, but a lot of the same issues. <laughs> right. The same issues, but like different standards. Yes. So weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, the reports about pedophilic content broke and the company was once again in crisis mode to keep advertisers from bailing. Then Logan Paul, yes, one of the most popular vloggers, posted a video of a man who killed himself and he was stripped of his, quote, preferred advertising status. And in the wake of this, the platform announced new policies detailing which creators were even eligible to make money. And by the way, he's still one of their top money makers and just had a whole controversy happen because a pig that he had for clout has been shown as being severely abused. Mm. Anyway, creators now had to have over 4,000 hours of watch time over the course of a year and 1,000 subscribers to receive ads. Small creators were understandably hurt and outraged, and there was a whole host of emotional videos posted about the decision. A YouTube official said of the policy, quote, changes will affect a significant number of channels. 99% of those affected were making less than $100 per year in the last year, with 90% earning less than $2.50 in the last month. Uh, Creators called the day the policy went into effect the demonetization day. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Smaller accounts waited up to half a year to have their accounts reviewed to see if they could get ads. Multi-channel networks dropped huge amounts of small creators. Uh, Numerous creators quit. A lot of the smaller or demonetized content is or was created by marginalized folks or around less commercial topics. And many argue that YouTube is losing what made it YouTube. Yeah, because like... It's different now, but when it started, it was like when I was reading the history of YouTube, they had the first time a trailer from a company appeared on YouTube. Like it didn't used to be what it is now. It used to be like a much more kind of hodgepodge, random assortment of 
videos from various creators. And now it's, you know, it's got a lot of like movie trailers or clips from these big companies, um, music videos, things like that, which I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with. But if you're losing all of these small creators, then it's just like the the scale is tipping in one way. Um, and just for the record, Sminty had hundreds of thousands of subscribers, tens of thousands, if not millions, of views on every video, and we made less than $100 a year. <laughs> right. I think we still have that. I think we still have like 250,000 mm-hmm. around, almost, uh, yeah. subscribers, which is hilarious because there's not been a video we posted since I think Bridget and em- Emily introduced mm-hmm. themselves at the new host. I think that's the last video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a whole process finding out oh. who owns that channel now. Right? <laughs> Y'all, that's a whole different story. <laughs> it is, it is. But I, I just wanted to put that in there because like, we had the backing of a, a pretty big company. There was a whole team dedicated to this, pretty much. And we got a lot of views and we didn't make that much money. So, mm. But yeah, okay. So a lot of the things we've been talking about do impact women, but let's talk about women and YouTube specifically. There are conflicting numbers when it comes to gender differences in viewership on YouTube. One source reports 62% of users are male and 78% of men use it in the U.S., compared to 38% and 68% for women. Uh, Google's own numbers claim that it's more like 50-50, or at least closer to that. Younger people are more likely to use YouTube, and location, urban versus rural, is a big factor as well. In 2018, YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki said one of the reasons for tech's lack of women is because of its reputation as being, quote, a geeky male industry, which did not go over well. No, it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Fighting words. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, One of the ways these moves around advertising has been theorized to impact women is around beauty. Uh, Both the pressure of the creator to put on makeup, wear nice, perhaps revealing clothes, uh, which are things that are time-consuming and often expensive, uh, but also to make videos about beauty, like makeup tutorials, because they know that those can be monetized. Uh, They might be pressured to use a sexualized thumbnail, like we were. Um, There's nothing inherently wrong with these videos, these makeup tutorials. I know people who love them. Uh, But if women are being pressured into doing them for financial reasons and being pressured to look a certain way, that's an issue. We've discussed before how the beauty industry has pushed standards to sell products, uh, telling women they have to look a certain way, and that is partially at play here. Um, Yeah, because, you know, makeup can be great. We just need to be clear. We need a clear picture of what's going on here because a lot of women reported feeling like they had to do this because it was the only way they could get ads. Many women creators report criticism around their appearance, their weight, clothes, and makeup. Further, a lot of the top channels created by women have to do with stereotypical, more feminine topics like cooking. And there's a bunch of research about this. And again, it's it seems to be that they feel there's nothing wrong with it, but they feel like this is the only way they can make money, which I think there is something wrong with that. <laughs> right, right. Although, I mean, we could come back and have the conversation about how also if you're a woman creator, you can only be for women. Yes. Uh huh. So that's a. I mean, we run into that a lot. So yeah, <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> um, and by the way, women are more likely to be subjected to trolling comments and harassment, even stalking and threats. And it increases with every intersection: race, sexual orientation, gender identity, disability, and having pain dismissed, not looking sick enough, not looking pretty enough. Wait, there was even a study specifically on YouTube comments that showed gender differences in how we talk about. Intoxication. Women are often sexualized in fail videos. Uh, women creators have reported fear after accounts have posted hate videos about them and called for their followers to attack them. And this travels onto other platforms, by the way. I've seen yes. this. Um, mm-hmm. It's really interesting. In 2019, 
YouTube rolled out updated harassment policies, but creators say they haven't mitigated the issue. A 2022 report found that harassment against women is not only alive and well on YouTube, it's flourishing. Uh, women creators who have gone viral have described the deluge of harassments they encounter. Some even cited the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial as emboldening uh, misogynistic creators and allowing them to amass huge numbers of followers and that it helped normalize a toxic level of hate towards women. Um, and I don't think we talk about this yet, but the including Megan Thee Stallion, that also brought up a whole amount of misogynistic trolls. That, that got some uh, notoriety. And similarly, YouTube started deranking Meghan Markle hate channels. Uh, people like men's rights activist Andrew Tate have amassed millions in revenue, though he was recently banned. But by the way, he's been making a lot of money on the backs of harassing women just that, and just recently got banned. Um, women creators feel that because YouTube is monetizing these accounts and not disciplining their top male creators who post misogynistic content, it empowers commenters to harass women. So many women have left because of this. The report concluded, misogyny is alive and well on YouTube. Videos pushing misinformation, hate, and outright conspiracies targeting women are often monetized. Yeah. This is like within the year <laughs> study. Um, of note, all the studies mentioned that there was a lack of data and research around non-binary folks. So that is something that's missing. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. 
if you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, And I want to include this. Uh, These are actual guidelines from Google's anti-harassment policy. Quote, here are some examples of content that's not allowed on YouTube. Reportedly showing pictures of someone and then making statements like, look at this creature's teeth. They're so disgusting. With similar commentary targeting intrinsic attributes throughout the video. Targeting an individual based on their membership in a protected group, such as by saying, look at this filthy slur targeting a protected group. I wish they'd just get hit by a truck. Targeting an individual and making claims they are involved in human trafficking in the context of a harmful conspiracy theory where the conspiracy is linked to direct threats or violent acts. Using an extreme insult to dehumanize an individual based on their intrinsic attributes. For example, look at this dog of a woman. She's not even a human being. She must be some sort of mutant or animal. Depicting an identifiable individual being murdered, seriously injured, or engaged in a graphic sexual act without their consent. Accounts dedicated entirely to focusing on maliciously insulting an identifiable individual. But it has to be the entire account. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and so I wanted to include this because it feels like you're trying to teach a child how to, like, behave. Right. Like, that we have to say, like, hey... Don't Here's do an example. This. Here's an example. I was reading it like, whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I mean, there's a part of me that's like, has there ever been anybody who read these and was like, oh, I see. I'll stop right. doing that. Right. Um, but anyway, okay. When it comes to money making, as of 2022, only one creator on the top 10 list of YouTube was not a man. And that was seven-year-old. Nastya, in 2021, she made an estimated $28 million. Uh, And this is in keeping with the trends of recent years for YouTube, one woman on the list. But in 2018, no women at all made it. Wait, she's a seven-year-old? Yeah. What is her content? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Because it's definitely not other seven-year-olds watching it. Well, Well, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Because there's also a a 10-year-old boy on there, I think. I don't know. That's concerning. Yeah. Uh, You've also probably heard of the credibility gap when it comes to women and science or news content. Many women creators who are scientists have posted the mansplaining comments they get. I'm sure you've seen some of them or heard some of them. Or sexualization or outright harassment that they receive. Viewership on STEM-related videos skews male. Um, in some cases, pretty drastically. This impacts interest in and potential pursuit of STEM topics and careers because several studies have found that engaging in STEM content, especially at a young age, can ultimately lead to a STEM career. Studies have also found that compared to an equally scientifically curious man, women are 26% less likely to watch a science video on YouTube. Science creator Emily Grassley famously published a YouTube video in 2013 called Where Are My Ladies At? where she just read some of the comments her videos receive. And if you've never watched her videos, they're pretty sweet. They're kind of like, she works in a museum and she talks about things in the museum. And it was just all of this like very sexualized, hateful comments she receives on these videos. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I was thinking about one of the YouTube uh, channels that... My partner really wants, like, like gets me to watch um, Simone Geertz. Someone's going to correct me and tell me I'm completely wrong because she's really, really famous. And her whole uh, thing is trying to create unusual hacks in her house through whatever tools she's gotten. She's gotten huge, so she's gotten really cool uh, tools. And I think one she did was a chair for her dog to sit next to her, at the like it's a desk chair, so something big, and then creating... Um, Something with tampons. I forgot already. But, like, she has a lot, and she is technically a tech slash uh, STEM 
creator and has millions of viewers. So I would be interested to see what her comments look like with her popularity. Yeah, uh, I think one of the things that really disheartened me in this research was that back in the early days when Kristen and I were doing YouTube, we worked with a lot of big women on YouTube because that's like how you kind of cross-promoted and got more viewers. And a lot of the women we worked with who had like millions of views and followers left YouTube. Like, mm. they would show up in a lot of the yeah. articles I was reading were like, here's how, why I left. And they're, oh, like, wow. big creators. Yeah. And so it just only imagining, like, the smaller creators. Um, and also, didn't you, you showed me that video, Girlfriend Reviews. Yes. And that, they had to, like, respond to a lot of hate. Yes. Uh, Last of yeah. Us 2 hate, yeah. Yeah, they had to respond to a lot, a lot of hate in general. Uh, uh -huh. But apparently they're, they're doing huge stuff in Twitch. But the whole yeah premise is, is pretty much the girlfriend is watching her boyfriend play these games and does a commentary. Mm -hmm. And they grew up to a huge uh, success. And is, I think, living off of the content as content yeah. creators because they have made sponsor deals. Um, but yeah, they they had to go through some things where several video games, including The Last of Us 2, because they loved it. Mm-hmm. Much like you. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we always have to bring it back to Last of Us or Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> I'm sure that's somewhere in here. Yeah. So a part of the issue is a production budget staff. Statistically, male-run shows are able to secure more funds and staff. Another is that women who are scientists often have families and have more of the share in taking care of children, which means, yes, less time for actually making content and videos. Yeah, which is something we heard during like the pandemic with mm -hmm. why there were less scientific papers turned in by women. Um, and also, have you ever heard the saying, never read the comments? I've said People it to telling you. telling me that, yeah. I've said it to you a million <laughs> and times. And I made a mistake and I did well, it again. Keep going. <laughs> well, researcher Inoka Amara-Sakara, and I'm Apologies if I butchered your name. I could not find the pronunciation anywhere. Uh, but um, they did read the comments. <laughs> and they came out the other side with a published paper about sexism and YouTube. Uh, they looked at over 23,000 YouTube comments, specifically comparing the treatment of men and women when it came to science content. And no surprise, the women were treated more harshly. 14% negative comments versus 6% for men. Um, I've, I've said it a million times on the show, but we once did this experiment at work where we had a male host and a female host do the exact same video, and we compared the comments, and it was very clear. <laughs> it was very stark which one they believed was smarter and all of the physical comments that the woman got. And yeah, the women in the study got a lot more sexually charged comments or comments about their appearance in general. And the way YouTube comments work is the most controversial ones rise to the top. And in fact, I never personally would do this, uh, but Kristen would sometimes be like, let's do something really controversial because it'll generate, like you, it'll make you go to the top faster. It'll make you get more comments. And that's just how YouTube's algorithm works, which, as I believe, one big YouTuber was like, this does not facilitate healthy, helpful conversation. <laughs> right. I feel like that's that's for everything, including uh, news, like getting the worst, the most controversial stuff out there first, because that's going to get the attention, which sucks. Yes. Uh, so YouTube is trying to combat this to varying degrees of success. In 2018, they launched the first hashtag women to watch as part of the Next Up program. In the company's own words, this was the first time they had focused on empowering female voices. Um, in 2016, they formed a year-long partnership between women creators and the UN to advocate to gender equality. Um, and other organizations have been trying to fight this as well. In 2014, U Coalition, now Uplift Together, formed to combat sexual abuse, emotional manipulation, and other forms of violence in the YouTube community. Yeah... Yeah, I mean, with every tech topic we do, we because of the show we are, we focus on the negative. There are a lot of positives about YouTube. It can be a great place to find community. It can be a great place to share ideas, to educate, all kinds of things. But this is, 
I, I just, there's so much fluctuation. I can't say for sure the situation is getting better. Like, people are talking about it, but, um, and it's also kind of, it annoys me in so many of these tech episodes where it's like, the creators are the ones making YouTube money. (laughs) (laughs) And they're not getting paid anything and are forced to leave or, I don't know. It's just like, there's a lot of things that need to be figured out with this situation. (laughs) I think in general, content creation and content creators is such a new thing. We've talked about it before. We've talked about mm-hmm. influencers and the good and the bad. But yeah, yeah it, it is. There's a lot of things that the law policies and just human rights things haven't caught up with as fast as this medium has become. Right. It is complicated. Like, to YouTube's credit, I get that it's complicated because, you know, you don't want an advertiser to be angry about what their ad is running on, but you also don't want a creator to not be able to make money and leave. But right now, it's not working. At least that's my view of it. <laughs> so I would love if anybody <laughs> listening has more recent experience with YouTube, has any thoughts or resources or uh, numbers, anything like that, because this was one where I kind of got overwhelmed. There's a lot more we could talk about with this. And a lot is changing. Some of the surveys I mentioned, even though they were recent, I bet it's shifted. I bet the conversation has shifted since then. Um, So if there's anything like that, uh, you can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at StuffMomNeverToldYou. Thanks, as always, to our super (laughs) producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.